Hey, hey, it's Nino again. Again, no, no intro music, no nonsense. We're going to go right to it because today I want to talk about my own opinions of this whole AI art and uh, AI everything um, that's been happening. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, ironically enough, then it is now March 2023 and uh, the AI sort of public awareness has increased exponentially. And the reason why I state that, because that's the beginning of my statement today that I'd like to talk about. I want to also state that I am not an expert on AI development in any way. I am like you guys, or like most of you. Um, I'm an observer. I'm a, you know, John Q. Public out in there, not developing advanced AI things. That's, that's a very small subset of people who are doing that. So I am no expert. I want to talk about the, you know, role of AI and this uh, certain amount of paranoia that's happening because of it. So a couple of things, first of all, AI, as we're seeing it now, it has become a catchphrase uh, because it's become, again, exponentially popular. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone wants to know what the future brings. Everybody's concerned, etc. But AI development it didn't start last week or last month or last year, or even five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. We have been playing around with this for a long time collectively as humans, as developers, uh, small Little basic things of AI, if you want to describe it like that, have been around in games and computer systems of all kinds for a long, long time. The reason why I mentioned games is that, you know, if you play a video game, if you're up against a computer opponent, a very rudimentary AI, um, not, rud not AI as we're seeing today, of course, but nonetheless, that's AI. Computers being able to simulate human behavior and human intelligence, keyword simulate, is not necessarily new. But what we are seeing now is AI systems from creating visual art to music to text, you know, writing, um, journalistic efforts and whatnot. We're seeing AI do things that are designed to emulate and look and feel like something that a human possibly could do, right? Bear in mind that AI can also produce things just like any computer can, um, so to speak. That's a generalization, but AI, in theory, can produce things humans cannot. Uh, we can produce things with AI that it's impossible. We could tell an AI system like ChatGPT, GPT, yeah, GPT. We could tell ChatGPT to potentially, I'm guessing, uh, write a novel that's 45 times longer than War and Peace about a specific topic and tell it some instructions. I'm certain the one that's online won't do that because you know you're not gonna overload it. But you could do that. I, m I imagine the computers have no problem doing that. Computers have created, with the help of humans, have created hyper photorealistic simulations of visuals um, that a human cannot replicate, even if they wanted to. And what we're seeing on music is, you know, for years now, computers, with the humans with the help of computers, can create music that humans cannot perform. This is nothing new, nothing new at all. But what we're seeing now is AI being tailored to create things that look like humans might be able to do it, might be able to write it, might be able to perform it, and instantly. And that's what's bugging people. And I totally understand it. If we look at, historically, we look at what computers have done to replace human efforts. Uh, let's talk about just the arts. Not, you know, when we talk about the workforce, it's a whole different animal because robotics and, and just machines in general have replaced human workers for decades centuries really um more and more and more but now we're seeing it dive into the realm of art but this is where my point begins really art 
Art is something that is quintessentially human. It is fundamentally human. Art is not easily definable, if not impossible, to, de to define really. For most people, I think, their perception of art is, I mean, let's just talk about visual for a minute. Visual art. For most people, the perception of art is something that looks really cool or really pretty um, or something or other. And usually that's fused in with the idea of it looks difficult to produce. This is why people are so impressed by photorealistic pencil drawings, for example, um, than they would be a, you know, a more expressive sketch that an artist invented of something, whether it's a portrait or a scene or something else. That creation that an artist might do, when it's photorealistic, it humans can connect to it on a technical level, like I don't have any idea how that was produced at all, and therefore it's impressive. Humans do that a lot. We really do that a lot. We tend to jump into um, what's impressive on a technical first, and we lose or never learn what art means on a deeper level. Now, when I say deeper level, I want to preface this. When I say deeper level, when I say art that matters, when I say art with purpose and art with intention, which I'm going to talk about at length, when I talk about that, I don't mean necessarily art that's always serious. Serious, profound art with deeper messages or some kind of you know symbolism or something that's profound and, and somber or whatever. Yeah, that's art. We look at an old portrait that the Mona Lisa, it evokes all kinds of thoughts and ideas and whatnot. But art can also be silly. Art can be just beautiful for beauty's sake. Art can be erotic. Art can be shocking. Art can be, you know, technically impressive. Art can be difficult to, you know, to, to observe and to process. Intentionally difficult. Art can be anything. And in visual art specifically, it varies wildly. But humans, by and large, the general public, but artists themselves as well, we tend to prioritize technical all too often. And makes sense why. Technical doesn't represent, or rather, it shouldn't represent just outright skill. It doesn't represent just naked skill. It represents practice and effort and dedication and commitment. If you want to be able to use a pencil on a you know, piece of paper and draw a photorealistic black and white portrait, that takes practice. That takes a lot, a lot, a lot of practice. Now, humans are subconsciously acknowledging the effort that the artists make to, made to get to that point because they relate it to themselves and think, I have not made that effort and I don't know that I ever could. I'm impressed. Or I have made the effort and haven't got, not quite gotten to that level. So I'm impressed. We are impressed by technical and technical is necessary in the execution of art. We have to understand our tools to whatever degree. But that's not to say that technically precise and technically proficient art is the only art. So what AI is doing today is emulating a sort of human possibility. We saw AR, AI a year or two ago when people were generally available to the public for the first time, or on a wide scale, I should say, not the first time. We saw art, visual art being produced that was, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, sketchy. It wasn't photorealistic. And people thought, this is pretty impressive that it'll give you a basic concept of what you typed in and give you a piece of art. 
A text prompt, by the way, a text prompt, a text, um, a sentence, um, keywords, etc., descriptions, to get a visual piece of art is a very human behavior. We have to, first of all, program computers to be able to recognize that interpretation, that input type, and then process that input type into visual. That is another human behavior that's being emulated, not just the creation of art. Okay? So there's a lot of human emulation happening. But human emulation has been happening for a while. As a quick aside, when you look at, like, for example, in music, uh, a very long time ago, in the 80s, late 70s, we started seeing the beginnings of drum machines. In the beginning, there was very little uh, threat uh, in the music industry from drummers feeling like they were going to lose their jobs because drum machines were extremely rudimentary. Over time, that advanced. And now drums, not just now, but for a while now, drums can be faked, if you will, emulated um, in the studio on a laptop today at home, and they sound pretty darn convincing. I mean, like, passable, completely passable. I would say the vast majority of YouTube musicians out there playing guitar, violin, bass, or whatever piano, if they have a drum track behind them, it's almost always fake. Not a real drummer. But oddly enough, drummers haven't stopped to exist. Their role has changed, but now the drummer has, the, the good drummer, the session drummer, now has an interesting role. And what is that role? That role, for example, is in bringing their flavor of artistry to the project, to the music project. It's in their ability to improvise in a way that's quintessentially them. They have dealt with that for a long time. Now, musicians in general, but drummers specifically, because you may not know this, but in the music production world, faking drums is actually incredibly easy compared to faking other instruments. Faking guitar is one of the most difficult things to do uh, digitally, synthetically, uh, though there's ways, obviously. But drums are, have been so have evolved so well that you can program drums to basically do anything, a little bit of processing, a little bit of tweaking, and put it behind, buried in a mix, and it sounds real. Passably real for what most people need it for. So what drummers have evolved is understanding that their personal flavor, their personal dynamic in the drumming is what makes them have value still in that art form. Well, humans in AI... Uh, Okay, MIDI drums and, and, and digital drums and all that, it's not AI per se. But we are seeing that now. We are sending text prompts into AI systems and saying, create me a song that sounds like this artist, sort of, but maybe at a faster tempo or a specific tempo in a minor key and do that. Boom, and it comes back and it's pretty passable. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty impressive. And then we, we tell art, we tell AI Mid Journey or Dolly 2 or all these things, we say, hey, uh, make me a portrait. Uh, conceptual portrait with a floral theme, a beauty type headshot, and this type of colored palette, and a certain kind of lipstick maybe on the model, etc. I want to, and you describe it, and then you give it some technical as well, focal length of the lens that you want to emulate, etc. And boom, you get you get what you get, and it's very good, <laughs> right? The technical result is very good. You take that image, or maybe a few of them. We are even seeing video AI out there that's really damn convincing. You can put all that together and make a beautiful montage of amazing uh, conceptual floral portraits with that music that you told it to produce that sounds a little bit like, I, I don't know, sounds a little bit like Sade mixed with Carlos Santana with a classical backing track. And now you have, and it's all there and it, you're done. And it's okay. You see, it's, it's, it's just production. Okay. It is production. And in the commercial world, 
for our disposable content society that we live in now because of the internet, that is completely and utterly perfect. Okay? If you really want to think about it, while there are absolutely many artists in the visual space who are going to suffer and suffering already from AI, you must understand commercial art, that is art specifically commissioned and created for the purposes of commerce, for selling something um, or for advertisements, etc., is often disposable. It's not always disposable, but it often is. And for a long time now, we've been seeing companies and potential clients, I usually call them, call them what they are, clients, we have seen them commissioning and purchasing art that's commercially sound, in other words, in the technical, it's proficient as hell, it's clean, it's solid, but it's commercial work, and it just gets it in and out. Unfortunately, that is who's going to suffer the most, is our consumer, excuse me, commercial artists, our commercial photographers and visual artists. Because if a company can type in a prompt and get a basic theme for what they need, why would you buy stock photography? Especially as it gets more and more accurate. You know, why would you do that? There are some reasons if you need specifics. Um, AI will evolve. Uh, Midjourney and Dali too, and all these things, they will evolve. But for the mo moment, and all my playing with it, what I've noticed is that very, very, very specific things tend to be lacking. The Right now, from what I see, the AI emulators, emulating human behavior, are trying to emulate a certain creative license. So you can give it the vaguest of inputs and it'll give you something, no matter how vague it is. You can give it random input and you'll get something. So if you give it very specific input, you still get somewhat of an artistic license with it, an emulated one, but you get some flexibility from the result. To commandeer and, and absolutely commission a specific thing, down to extreme minor details. Perhaps in commercial work, you're looking at um, outfits on AI models that are a specific type of outfits with specific logos that are embroidered in a specific way in a specific time of day with a specific set of demographics across the models. Maybe that kind of specificity, specificity is not something we're seeing yet in AI, but we might. And if a company can leverage that, and some already are, if a major company can leverage that and get artwork ready to go in minutes instead of days, why wouldn't they? And that, that makes sense. I get that. But we, we must, what we must remember is what our fleet and army of drummers have had no choice but to do for decades now is if you want to work as a drummer, you've got to be something more than just a beat. Beats can be produced. Okay. Beats can be created and they can sound just fine and they can find hundreds of different drum sounds and they can do, you know, technically proficient uh, performances that a human cannot do, both because of speed and technicality and then, you know, anything really. Drummers have yet to, you know, they, they noticed this, the, the, con the commercial drumming world, if you will, the first call studio cats as they are known, um, they definitely noticed, but they noticed a long time ago. And that wasn't even AI. That was not just give me a drum beat. It was, I'm going to make the exact drum beat I need at the exact tempo I need, the exact time signature I need, the exact drum sound I need. That's been around forever, you know? Not to mention now that even with real performed um, instruments, including drums, for quite some time now, bands can go into a studio and record to a click track or a grid, as they call it, and then mix and match and duplicate choruses. And, you know, let's put an extra verse in here and then add another set of vocals. And they can chop up a song and mix and match it like nothing. Performing a song beginning to end 
is questionable nowadays and not often done because of the flexibility that often producers demand. That's not AI either, but it is a technical approach that seems to cheapen or steal from an artist's performance capabilities, right? So going back to AI, what we're doing with AI, or at least what I'm seeing, my observation is, again, an emulation of human behavior as opposed to what a computer can do. A computer is infinitely more accurate than we can ever hope to be. So if AI is kicking back a photorealistic portrait, uh, that photorealism gets better and better every couple of months, it seems, please know that if not already, perhaps just because of speed reasons in terms of performance and feeding out results to millions of people across the world on these public AI servers, perhaps we are going to see photorealism to the level where we cannot tell that it's fake. We may never. That's a whole nother discussion in a second, but we might see photorealism even more than we're seeing already. And it could be truly shocking because a computer is not limited in terms of detail. It's not limited in terms of, you know, doing something that can take a human months to do. It can do it in seconds. That's nothing new. So with that said, yeah, AI is changing things. But look at the other changes in the world that have come and gone and you've accepted, liked it or not. I'm going to go back to music for a moment. Let's not look at music performance. Let's look at how music is created and sold and how people make a career in music. We all remember, perhaps 20 odd years ago, the big Napster push. Remember Metallica suing Napster and others as well, because music was now being distributed via these share apps on computers and it was illegally being copied and whatnot. Uh, despite decades of many, many people putting uh, vinyl records or CDs onto cassette tape and giving it to their friends to make a copy. And then not too long after that era, we saw people copying CDs, no problemo, uh, people importing um, MP3s from a CD into their computer and emailing it to their friends. <laughs> now, Napster and others proved uh, or were considered a threat because of the scale. Because now with millions of copies. And musicians thought, what are we going to do? But they were still selling records to a degree, though you could still get tape copies of albums from your friends. You could, and then you could distribute, you could send MP3s, you could copy CDs. It was not a, uh, a false threat, but the threat was inflated. It was inflated to the point where there was a little bit of paranoia. And what Metallica and others hoped, I guess, at the time would not happen, it happened. When's the last time you bought an album? You, you might have bought a few. But back in my day, if there was a record, you went out and bought it. Yeah, my youngest memories were buying vinyl. If I could convince my parents to give me the money. <laughs> um, and then later it was buying cassettes and CDs. New album came out, you went and got it. You went to the store to browse around to see if there was a new album out that maybe you weren't aware of. You'd watch a, a video on MTV back in the day and think, oh, I want to buy that record. And you go out and try to find it. Oh, damn, this store doesn't have it. I'm going to go to the next one. And you find it, especially if you really, really wanted it. Nowadays, no one buys albums, um, so to speak. We are seeing a resurgence in vinyl and CDs and even cassettes to a degree. But that's more in the novelty collectible realm, which the collectible realm never makes sense. And it goes in and out in all categories. So that's not something we can consider as... Um, you know, consistent. But now with music, we have streaming services 
of all kinds. And how many times do you hear complaints about artists are not getting enough money from the streaming services? They're getting less than a fraction of a fraction of a penny per stream. So they stream 200 million, uh, well, streams of the song and they come back and Spotify pays them $117. It's a far cry from the millions of dollars they'd make from album sales back in the day. But yet major artists are still making tons of money, mostly from touring, but also in other creative ways. The art changed, the art delivery and the art technology changed, and artists evolved. When the cassette tape was the perfect opportunity to copy a record, it didn't necessarily kill vinyl, but people did talk about it back then. But the noise wasn't as loud because the internet gives everybody a voice. So the Napster thing was a huge crisis. But believe me, people did complain and have concerns about what cassette tapes meant. That mean one guy would buy an album and the rest of us would copy it on tape? Yeah, yeah, it didn't mean that. But somehow or another, these albums still kept selling. So I'm not trying to be naive. I'm not trying to pretend that everything's just simple and that things aren't going to change and that adapting is comfortable because it isn't. It's not. But the idea that we're all going to just suddenly lose everything to me is unrealistic. Some will. Some because they were producing art that AI can replicate, and it's going to get better, can replicate in the same exact context of which they were creating it. Commissioned art for a specific purpose, probably for a disposable reason, and then moving on. Lots of commercial work like that, some occasional commissioned art, marketing images. Now with social media, disposable art is common. I don't mean disposable guys in a negative, rude way, like an inflammatory way. I just mean that people are ready for the next photo once they see one, right? So there's a lot of that. But what cannot change, and this, I'm going to wrap this point up quick, <laughs> what cannot change is that the human creation behind any piece of art, whether it's visual, music, writing, there's always something quintessentially human about it that has been discussed for a long time. When AI and robot, robots and androids and everything else that we talked about in science fiction decades and, and, and centuries ago was discussed, there was fear that this, they would take over. You know, that all this would take over and humanity would be lost. And during all these discussions, you know, sort of dystopian ideas, many discussions cropped up about, will that actually happen in a way that matters because replicating human behavior is impossible because human behavior is delightfully random. Now, random is fairly simple to emulate on a computer, but there's a sense of randomness in human behavior and human creation that even humans don't understand. So we are the ones making the AI, not me, not Nino Batista, but humans are making this AI systems and they have been working on it for a long time. But if humans collectively don't understand humans, we're going to have trouble replicating everything that humans are. So where do we still stand? Where do we matter still with all of AI art? While commercial space and lots of other things related to that are taking an impact and that will continue because business is business and money is money. As a really strong parenthesis here, I'm not going to go on into it. Keep in mind the vast majority of commercial clients purchasing art just need the end result. They don't care about the validity of it. They don't usually care about the artist. They just need the photo now. And if they can get it cheaper, they will. The appreciation of the artist is a, another discussion for another time that goes back to the dawn of time. Anyway, but what we cannot replace, in my opinion, ever, is intent motivation, inspiration. A piece of art 
when you look at it, going back to what I started in my first point of this whole discussion, the end result, especially if it's technically proficient, is what we focus on. Wow, beautiful. Wow, amazing. Wow, that is so mind blown. How did you make that? I can't believe you created this. The, the compliments on technical are the most common. AI can do that. AI can do that better in a lot of ways. But what AI can never do is replicate intent. We can emulate intent, but that's not valid. That's not valid by the way humans define intent and existence. Everybody has a different idea of that. Once we start saying existence, then we start saying consciousness. Then we start diving into all kinds of categories that could range from religious faith. Um, it, it goes on. We, we can discuss consciousness another time. But once we start talking about intent and human intent, we usually, most people, um, are pretty much in agreement that human intent and our motivations is not something that is able to be emulated by a computer. Famously said, computers do what you tell them to do and not what you want them to do. Anyone who's ever felt a profound feeling that's not um, anything to do with what a computer can emulate, from inspiration, fear, love, those feelings are quintessentially human. And a lot of those feelings are the impetus behind the art that we create. What AI is forcing us to do in many ways is reclaim our responsibility as artists to have purpose. As I said before, purpose doesn't have to be dramatic. It can be silly. But purpose is where artists shine. When you look at a lot of uh, commercially generated art or stock photos or whatever, and there are billions of pieces like that out there, you only notice the tech. How many times have you browsed stock images or commercial images and you're like, that's adequate and well-produced. Who made it? Who cares? And who made it isn't often important. If you're already famous and you make a piece of art, then that's going to matter to people. Think about how that affects you. The reason why it matters to people that someone already well-known made a piece of art is because it suggests that there's some kind of intent they might be interested in. Okay, if Paul McCartney releases a new album, Paul McCartney fans are going to be curious about it, not because it's music, but because it's Paul McCartney music. So that might seem unfair. Well, you know, I'm not Paul McCartney. That's fine. Nobody is. <laughs> but if you are an artist with intent and that intent drives you to a purpose and that purpose creates your art or is part of how you create your art, that intent will be felt by the viewer, by the person experiencing your art. It's especially true in music. Sincerity in music, to me anyway, is something that when you fake it, it is clear as day. Stop being just obsessed on technical. Stop worrying about the technical. Maybe this is a call, a calling out to artists to reclaim their purpose, to reclaim their inspiration, to reclaim their vision. These are things that a computer can never replace. We're going to see hyper-photorealistic, complete video sequences by AI very soon. <laughs> and they're going to look like a movie. And cinematographers and everybody else all over the world are going to continue to panic the way we've all been panicking. Photographers, artists, musicians, we're all going to panic. 
We're going to see entire novels written that people are going to like. But there's always going to be something missing. And that is the human intent. The flawed human intent coupled with the flawed human execution. And those are the things. Those are the things that endure. Those are the artists that people talk about. The artists that inspire other artists to keep creating art. The creation process in itself should be priority. The end result is like a beautiful reward for the creative process. The creative process of typing in a string of commands into mid-journey and two minutes later you get a piece of artwork that's beautiful, that's arguably creative. And there's no blood, sweat, and tears behind it. If you tell it, give me a photograph of a sculpture and it looks amazing, I'd rather see the sculpture and I'd rather talk to the artist who made it Perhaps the artist made it over several months. That's effort. There's a story there. There's something there that you can relate to, even if you're not a sculptor. You can relate to consistent effort and how difficult it is. Someone wants to tell a story with their image of some kind, who they are as a human, who they are in their life experiences, shine through. And if you think there's no point in making photographs anymore because of AI, I think you have to shift you're thinking in a profound way that might scare you because you need to now have a purpose behind your art that's very clear to you or one that you're always chasing, but that you're always behind that. What is my purpose? What is my intent? AI will never replace intent. AI will never replace purpose. We can emulate it all day long. But if you say this photograph is not real. It was created by AI. It looks hyper-focused and hyper, you know, completely photorealistic. And we also told the AI system to create a piece of art based on feeling um, lonely and despair and in despair about um, a loved one that they've lost. It's still an emulation. It's a simulation. And it won't be the same. And even if someone thinks for a moment, this piece really moves me. There's a story here. Humans invent their own stories in a visual, but the actual story is always far more interesting. This is why we obsess on behind the scenes on movies and even film, excuse me, music production. The intent, the creative process validates our existence as artists. AI will get us end results and that's lovely. It's fun to play with. It's inspiring. Keep going. It's scary. <laughs> but the creative process of human endeavor can never be replaced. It just can't. To me, that actually increases the value of the artist who understands his role in the world, who understands his role in creation. When you are aware that you are in a relatively small role, relatively small demographic of people, artists, who are out there producing art that matters in some form, when you acknowledge that and you know your place, AI doesn't scare you as much. It's sort of like information on the internet. It got to the point where you can look up anything, but then it got to the point where you can look up anything. And if you ask a question to Google, you get so many answers that invariably some of them are going to conflict and there's so many variations. And now the most important thing, the most vital aspect of information on Google well, on the internet that Google can find, is valid information. 
vetted information is far more valuable than just information. If you do it right, if you're looking it up properly. So the creation, the creative process of, of being human, that, that, that creative process cannot be replaced by AI. And that creative process is not to be ignored. So let AI scare the shit out of you. That's fine. And a lot of things will change and a lot of people will lose income. But a lot of people lost their jobs when robots took over in factories. And don't forget the poor drummers of the world <laughs> who have found their place a long time ago. They, they figured out how to make it work and they're still in demand. They just have to work. The process is important. The creative process is important. Don't just focus on the end result. Understand that the process of creation is what matters. So for me, yeah, AI is cool. AI is a little creepy. <laughs> AI is a little scary. But eventually it'll find its place. But it'll never, ever replace human creativity.